Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Good timing. Yeah. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles in studio. We have Juan, our producer, taking care of us this evening on the buttons. Jim is at the door for us. We have the whole gang is in town. It's- it just—it's good to be back. It feels, you know? good. man. I tell you what, with the sickness, uh, we we were down with the sickness. We were down with the sickness. Oh, oh. Down with the sickness. <laughs> uh, with your family going out first, and then my family going out, and then in between, then we had the camp out. camp out. Luckily, the, the timing of all that was just incredible. How it was impeccable. It was God's timing. It was. It was impeccable. No, none of us had to miss the camp out. Mm-hmm. And then you took a, a vacation. Yeah. So we just like have not been. This I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It was the longest we'd ever been in five years without recording. Without recording together. That's crazy. I mean, in five years, it's impressive. I think. For us. Yeah. Two guys who just do this for for fun on for the fun side. On the side. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be. I I'm still a little hazy. Yeah, I still got a little bit. I know of the, what you mean. The I know what you mean. The COVID haze. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was yeah that hit me too. It's more I I just like my my body's just tired. Right, it just feels tired. Hard to get off the couch. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's okay. We'll we'll, we'll go. We'll but, make it through. Right. I'm excited to be here I'm in a couple in a the, couple weeks. Do this, do the it'll episode. be right as rain. Mm-hmm. Right as rain. Praise God. Because um, you, yeah. you know, not everyone is fortunate as you and I. That's true. So, uh, while you're on vacation, you hooked us up with a, a so bottle of. I, I took a vacation. I took this is the kind of vacation that I recommend. I will just tell you, uh, a friend of ours, Pamela, and I said we want to take you to Costa Rica, and we're going to pay for it all. That is the way to travel. I just will just tell you, like other people pay for it. I've traveled other ways. No, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Okay, I, have a friend pay for the whole gig. Uh, way more relaxing, <laughs> I will tell you. So we went down to Costa Rica. It was incredible. I learned to surf. Nice. I watched. Uh, we watched one YouTube video and said that's an, that it is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Let's surf. I've uh, surfed. So I don't want to portray myself as like a surfer. Okay, I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. I did get up like, on a board, stand up, and ride a wave. Mm-hmm. You know, like. The little ones mm-hmm. close to shore. It's amazing how little of a you wave you actually need. You don't need a big wave. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I was getting a little overly confident and went out into the bigger waves. And then got sucked. <laughs> immediately regretted it. <laughs> yeah. I got towed under. Yeah. So it's so easy The to wave do. just like wiped me out. Mm-hmm. It was it was 
just instant. And I went underwater, but my board was still in front of the wave. And I was being dragged <laughs> through the water with the wave. And when I went underwater, I thought, oh, I'm just going to pop right back up. So I was exhaling. I had no breath left. And I'm like trapped under this wave. When I came up, it was kind of like a little, panic. a, a little panicky. Yeah. It's like, all right. Okay. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that. That was going to happen to me. Stick, stick to the small waves. Right. We're going to move back inshore. Yeah. So um, while I was there, I uh, picked up a bottle of rum. They drink this like Costa Rican rum. They have a word for it. I tried to look up what they call it, but... Uh, I think it's pronounced rum. Rum. El rum. Mm-hmm. Rumo. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the, that's the, formal, the formal case. Rumo. Okay. El rumo. Hey, what's the bottom? Juan, the top of this says El ron. Ron Centenario. Mm-hmm. What's Ron? Como se dice Ron in Inglés? Rum. Ron is rum. Are you serious? Si. Ron? Mucho. I wonder if all the Rons in the world know that. Know that. You know what I mean? I do not like, know. Like, hey, did you know your name means rum in a totally different language? It's hilarious. Let's try it. This is 25-year-old rum. So this is about $60. Uh, <laughs> 60 pesos. Uh, like... Uh, down in uh, they use uh, oh they don't use pesos no they don't use pesos it's uh, Colum God just a second ago I was going to tell you what it was anyway uh, multiply 60 times 625 and that's how many uh, Costa Rican currency I'll remember it I'm going to remember it here in a second but let's try it cheers we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. We say, we're yeah. on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your so glass. raise your glass. And then we and cheers. And then we say cheers to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, got to relearn all this. Okay. I wanted to buy this because it's like, man, this was aged for 25 years. That's a long time to sit in a barrel. Jim's making a terrible face. I don't... Jim does not like Jim it. Jim doesn't like it. He's out. I'll finish it, Jim. I like it. I think it's delicious. I would totally drink this. I'm going to definitely eat, definitely keep drinking it. Yeah, it's good. It's rum, I mean, so it's got, r- the, rum is the, it's got the sugary, yeah. you know. Uh, so there's different kinds of rum in Brazil. They make this rum called cachaça. Um, and they had a lot of that in Costa Rica, too. I think it's just kind of like a Southern, a South, South American, Central American thing. Is that right, Juan? Mucho. Uh, basically, they make rum with raw sugar cane. Right. Um, and so it has a more distinct flavor. I think all the cachaça I've had is cheap, and it's, it was always really bad. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is much better. But I've ne- I don't think I've ever had good cachaça, so I don't. I don't want to, you know, pass judgment. It is mellow. Yeah, it's very smooth. It's very drink. You know, like it's very drinkable. I kind of would like ice on it, I think. Yeah. I like uh, I would think I would like it over ice. Mm-hmm. I I could see that. The currency in Costa Rica is the colon. Colonis. Yeah. Colon, colonis. After a Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Their currency is named after Christopher Columbus. I I don't think anyone I don't think they know that like here in America that's all of a sudden like Cuz we would shut that down. Oh, they'd be canceled. Sorry, yeah. your currency, all of it's canceled. Yep. Sorry about you. Yeah. But uh, I think this is very good. To me, the sweetness is, you know, you can obviously taste that it's got sugar in it, <laughs> you know, which I don't know if, if you guys know anything about me. I love sugar. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's sugar. Sugar is my favorite flavor. Uh, Jim, 
little sips. Take little sips. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's better. Was it better on your second approach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Because honestly, I think it's good. Yeah. Little sips are are good. I think I'd rather drink a whiskey. Me too. You know? Um, But. Me too. But that's okay. I could get down. I can get down to this just fine. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's not bad. Dave, we have we missed a an important meeting this week on giving away the Suma. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be giving away a Suma very soon. We would know the date exactly if we if you and I either one of us <laughs> got onto the the phone call, and checked our calendar right today. But we did not do around that. noon, but noon, we yeah. noon fifteen. Yeah, but we did not do that. We didn't. We also have a interview that's coming out from Deacon Harrison Garlic. Yes. He interviewed uh, Andrew Willard Jones. We were hoping to have him on the show. Scheduling just didn't work out. Right. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Deacon Garlic has been on the show before, pre, pre-diaconate. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking it, about the diaconate. Talking about the diaconate. That's right. And uh, he's the one who brought Lafroy gone to the show. He is. Yes. He, he, I mean, he. you have to give credit where credit, credit is, is due. due. And... He said, I will come on your show, but we are drinking Laphroaig. And I told him, like, all right, I had a bad experience once, but I'm down. Let's do it. And so it was on that episode. And that was one where you weren't there. I was not. Uh, it blew my mind and changed my life. It changed my life, Adam. Five, five years ago. You know it. You know this. Yes, it did change, change my life. And then it, I think it changed both, both of our lives. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Willard-Jones, he, he had, he's... Um, at Franciscan University, he helps with the theology department, but he also has this website called New Polity, and he he's really um, discussing with uh, like the Josiases and all the other yeah. uh, guys in regards to just the political philosophy. Josias, the podcast, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The website podcast, yeah. Um, Potter Edmund and, and mm-hmm. all those guys, right? Um, it's really interesting because he has a book out called Before Church and State, talking about. Uh, King King Louis the Ninth, like his governing body that he had, you know, he's a saint. Yeah, uh, who was a king, who um, had this sacramental reality in in um, in the day to day life of his kingdom. Yeah, uh, and um, the pros and cons of that, which I would I would be willing to bet that there's probably a lot more pros than cons. A lot of pros for a sacraments. Pros, yeah, I'm yeah. not actually aware of that many cons. <laughs> Uh, Depends on which side you're on. Sometimes they can be a little bit, uh, you know, like I get a little bit of anxiety before confession. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with something, right? You know? <laughs> um, but so, so Deacon Garlic talks about uh, the role of of, of 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 the state, how the state. I'm so glad he interviewed Andrew Willard. Mm-hmm. Andrew Willard Jones. Are you Jones. supposed to say the full name? I mean, like when he says Andrew, that's I think I think he'd be okay, Mr. With Jones, Mr. Jones, uh, because really. Deacon Garlic knows a lot more about the subject matter than either one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we've tried to get him to come on our show to talk about to talk about this uh, Integral- integralism. Correct. If that's how you say it, one of the pr- Inter- the big problems I have with the integralist movement is that they cannot decide how to say the word that they are. Is it integralism or, or integralist in- or integralism? Yeah, or in- yeah, exactly. So. They need to figure that out. They need out. to like have a conference. I don't know, like a, uh, a governing body. They maybe a, a king. Maybe they could establish a king of their order. A director of communications would be beneficial. Ooh. With a, uh, like a nice salary. With a big, a big, fat, a big, big salary. fat salary. You know anybody? No. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
I want to give a big shout out to Jonathan Conrad over at the Catholic Rural Worker. Jonathan started his ministry with one sole purpose in mind, and that was get quality crafted rosaries into Catholics' hands. And he's been doing it now so well that he has opened up a storefront. He has a brick-and-mortar store. If you go to catholicwoodworker.com, you can check out the whole facility. We're really proud of you, Jonathan. I remember when you first started this whole thing. Uh, we're thankful for your friendship. We're thankful for your uh, willingness to support the Catholic Man Show. If you guys go to catholicwoodworker.com, use the program, promo code TCMS. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jonathan, for your uh, love of our mother and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all the good work you're doing to grow his kingdom. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We've got Juan Posada on the buttons. Jimbo Baggins over here guarding the door. He's got his miraculous medal on. It's a nice medal, Jim. It's a good size. It's a manly size. It's proportionate to you. Yeah, because you're kind of a big guy, so I feel like you need a big miraculous medal. Like, you wouldn't wear a small cloak, right, if you're a big guy, so you want a big medal. It's just, it's just logic. There you go. Dave, so something that has been, wait, do you have any other stories that you want to tell? I have a lot that I can tell. I have none that I'm committed to. Okay. I can talk about being burgled. Oh, yeah, you haven't, you were. We were burgled. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you do that first. So one day we were at the beach, came back. This is while you were on vacay. This is while we were on vacation, right. Uh, Came back, then some of our stuff was missing. Turns out. We were burgled. If you don't know what burgled means, it means we were burglarized. Those two things, you can use either. We Googled it. Both are proper. Burglarized, burgled. I like burgled, personally. <laughs> I, I know that's, you do. I that's the tell. one I've been going with. Had a lot of opportunity to use the word lately. Feels good. Much better than actually being burgled, I will tell you. I lost a laptop, some electronics. Uh, some underwear. Yeah, the guy stole my underwear. <laughs> Me and another guy who was there. Uh, and i that's when I realized, you know what? If you're breaking in here to steal another man's underwear, you are hard up. And you can have you, my stuff. I, you know, and then I'm like, really? I say this now like as a joke, but in the moment I was being serious like, Lord, I pray that my underwear is a blessing to that man. <laughs> like, dude, I hope... My underwear blesses you. I hope the laptop you took from me blesses you. I hope all of the stuff that you burgled from us, I hope it's a blessing to you because clearly you need some blessings in your life. You know, like mm-hmm. hopefully they bless you so much you can turn away from your sinful ways and uh, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, and that would just be, it would be a laptop well given if that's the case. But we did lose some cell phones, some Apple watches, you know, like some other stuff. The people thought like, oh, I thought it'd be safer to leave my phone here in the like in the house than take it with me to the beach, you know, which I would have also thought not the case. We had an outdoor shower. That's how the guy got in. When you leave the house, we had it all locked up, alarm set. We didn't think to ourselves, did anybody lock the shower? But that was it. That's how he got in. Pretty sure. Hmm. Bummer. Yeah. Makes for a better story, though. 
Yes. And that's what it's all about. Right. I mean, like, it's a consolation. Yeah. Uh, so a, a while back ago, you we were talking about distraction and prayer. And I think you said something about, like, well, y- you had this realization that I allow myself to be distracted all day long. And so mm-hmm. there's no, it's no wonder that when I get into prayer, I'm distracted. Yeah. I allow yeah. myself. I got that from Mother Angelica. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I heard. She said on her show, like, we, we allow ourselves to be distracted all day long. Hmm. So it's no wonder we're distracted when we go to prayer. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I realize it's true for myself. Yeah, it's definitely true for me. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot um, over the last week and a half, two weeks or so, because I've been sick. And so there's a lot of times you just are just sitting there doing nothing. Looking for something to think a about. A distraction, yeah. Yeah. To pass the time. And so I just, I made a, a, a commitment to stop like trying to multitask. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but like if I'm on a conference call and I think, oh, this isn't actually pertaining to me, I can, I'll go, I'll jump on my phone and look at something else or try to read an email or try, try to type out emails. Yeah. If I'm on a, uh, you know, a Zoom call, if I'm on, you know, even if I'm just walking down the hall and I don't see anybody down the hall, it's like, oh, okay, well, good. I can knock this out real quick as I'm walking. There's so many different times where I allow myself to do multiple things yeah. at one time, and I decided, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Which because right. it's re- a huge cost. You don't. I th- we don't realize the cost. It's that we're never actually doing anything. We're never present for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always doing other things, and even the things that you're doing, you're not even really doing them. Because you're also doing something else. Which is super annoying when you're talking to somebody, right? And you, yeah. you can tell, I'm talking to you, you're listening, but you're not really listening. You are either looking to find somebody else to talk to, right. or you, you pull your phone out and you have it in your hand, or something like that, and you just realize you're not really interested in talking to me. Yeah. And one of the things that JP2 is really good at is being completely present. That's what to, they say. You know, is what they say. Yeah. To, to the point of, like, no one else around you is... He was not even aware. Aware you know, he, of just of like he, you're the only person in his universe. And he was right zoned now. in, right? right. And, and there's a lot. Of, there's there's quite a few saints that are that, that have been like that. Bishop Olmsted is that way. He is. Yes, he is. San Jose Maria was like that. Too. San Jose Maria. Mm-hmm. San Maria. Yeah. And so what I've I've decided to do, and this is actually way harder than what I thought it would be, to not allow myself to check social media or to check my email or mm-hmm. whenever I have a quote unquote down moment that I'm still doing something. Right. And it's training myself, uh, you know, I'm trying to train myself to stay focused on what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, um, it's been really difficult for me. There's a lot that's been written about about this secularly, you know, just productivity and mm-hmm. good habits, you know, for work, just getting work done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it, it really, if you're just doing it from a secular standpoint, that's good. But... You know, we talk about virtue all the time on this show, mm-hmm. and it comes down to distraction as a vice or as uh, or diligence as a virtue. Okay, and um, you know, I'm not good at this. You know, I'm speaking from point of, a moment of weakness. You know, this is a, a big big weakness for me. Um, but it's sort of like you can tell the truth. But that doesn't mean you have the habit of honest, the virtue of honesty. The virtuous mm-hmm. person, the honest person, tells the truth out of habit. So I might be able to sit there and have a conversation with you without checking my phone. 
But that doesn't mean I have the habit, the virtue of not being distracted, not allowing, because I might be talking to you, but inside my mind, you're thinking it's those vices are pulling my attention, right? And mm-hmm. I'm actually not present. Mm-hmm. I can, because that person, sometimes that's me, is not capable actually of being present. Because those distractions are pulling at them all the time. Like, oh, I want to check. Oh, I felt my phone go off. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now all of a sudden I'm not actually listening to you. I might be looking at you, but I'm thinking about, oh, that's probably another text message from somebody. You know what? I, and so it's it's actually a big deal to have that virtue of not allowing those distractions. And your prayer life is a huge, a huge reason. Mm-hmm. why you'd want and need that virtue but even just your relationships your interactions just everything you do day to day how much of yourself are you even capable of giving you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's it's these little dyings of selves right is this it's, uh allowing yourself to say no to yourself and training yourself to say no and dying you know these mortifications mm-hmm. and we do these physical mortifications so that we train ourselves for our for spiritual mortifications right, right. to prepare us we train our physical bodies to prepare our our spiritual body our, our spiritual spirituality yeah both uh, it's both it's a both yeah um to be- prepare it for whenever we have peaks and valleys mm-hmm. in our spiritual life right um and so i just realized that yeah because just just to comment on that rec for briefly, training yourself physically is training yourself spiritually. We're body soul composites. You can't train yourself physically and not be also training yourself spiritually, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, we they go together mm-hmm. because of that's what we are. That's the kind of creature that we are. And we, I, I think it, it, it's it's easier. I think a lot of times for me to to do mortification, like bodily mortification. You yeah. know, like oh, I'm not eating today. For, for my wife or whatever, you know, a bread and water fast. I can do those yeah. things. I don't want to say easy, but I mean, I, once I commit myself to it. I much prefer to do those. I much prefer to do those. Then if you tell me, hey, listen, we're going to go through a uh, two-hour meeting, and I don't want you looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. I don't want you, um, I want you completely engaged for a full two hours. Yeah. That's way harder for me than a bread and water fast for the mm-hmm. day. Yeah, and the hard thing is to be able to have your phone and not be distracted by your phone. You know, it's just so much easier to do all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave my phone in my office when we go into this meeting. Therefore, it's that's in the beginning, that's how you start, mm-hmm. you know, so that you actually have training. There is no phone. Mm-hmm. There's no phone to distract you. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be able to have mastery over your phone, over those distractions, so that your phone could be here. And... You just have got to the place where you're just like, oh, yeah, I heard my, you know, I know that there's something happening on my phone. It, I don't care because mm-hmm. this is not the time for those things. You know, and like, that relates. It's you know, hard to do in prayer life. Whenever you're in, in prayer and all of a sudden something comes up in your mind about like the day or somebody has somebody yeah. wronged you or whatever totally, else. Totally. Good analogy. And you say, no, that's not something that I'm 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 dealing with right, right. now. I recognize it. It happened to me. Not something I'm dealing with right now. I'm in. You know, I'm in a conversation with God, mm-hmm. and it sure has helped, at least in this uh, beginning part in in, in my uh, meditative prayer. Uh-huh. Uh, um, even, but it's been it, it hasn't been easy. It's not like it's it's been. I, I have I have realized how 
quick I am to grab my phone or how quick I allow myself to be distracted mm-hmm. um, when I I feel like that there's a moment to be distracted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. And even like, all right, when in the beginning of my prayer, I might be focusing on adoring God, like saying his praises and all of a sudden being distracted by things I need to pray for, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, the even a prayer thing, right? But it's like, that's not the time. And so I try to wait. It's hard to do. It is. But I think it's a good it's good training. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting better at it slowly. Very slowly. So when we get back we're going to talk about temperaments, the four temperaments and how they relate to growing I'm in excited virtue. about this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of Costa Rica rum. Dave brought back. 25 años. We're going to talk about uh, the four temperaments. By the way, we, did, we haven't really even had a chance to discuss the camp out at all. But it was, it was awesome. It's a great camp out. It's incredible. Juan, you did a phenomenal job. The weather your, was impeccable. It was. It was great weather. It's fun. I mean, a fun time was had by all. I agree. At least I agree. I, as far as I know. I'm pretty sure I uh, was, uh, you know, one of the best log saw cutters. Very debatable. Yeah. That was incredibly hard. It was exhausting. It was, it was a lot, hard, it was it a was lot harder than what I thought it would Did be. Did you do it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was the first person to do it. You were. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't finish it. It was, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. It was tired. I it pulled, was tiring. I pulled my side abs. I your side abs. Your side I didn't know abs. I had side abs until I was doing that. So. Juan Posada, everybody. <laughs> you discover he's... His side abs. If you were to read his journal, it'd be like, I recently discovered my side abs. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if everyone has these or if this is just something that I have being superhuman. But I did pull them. I was unable to finish the... <laughs> Do you have a journal, Juan? In my head. In your head. In your head. Narrated by me. Narrated by me. Nice. In English. Uh, so we're going to talk about four temperaments today. We're going to talk about uh, understanding what the four temperaments are mm-hmm. in order to better understand yourself, in order to understand the virtues that may you may be inclined to be able to pursue or to cultivate easier than others. Okay. Which would also lead to understanding what some of the, your vices or what your uh, predominant defaults would be. Right. Um, so that way you can grow in virtue. Yeah. Um, that um, Temperament is, is defined as like the pattern or inclination and reactions of a person. Yeah. Kind of like your personality type, kind of, you know. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's four different ones, uh, four different types. None of them are... They say that none, no one is a pure type of each, of one, but it's a, right. a blend or a combination of yeah. of four. Probably have a, a primary one and a secondary one. Yeah. Do you want to read them? No. Go ahead. Okay. So it, it, they are, there's four of them: the uh, sanguine, chloric, phlegmatic, Col- choleric, choleric. I'm sorry, choleric, phlegmatic, and melancholic. Mm-hmm. Um. There's. So, so there's different types of, you know, they talk about, um, in a book called The Four Temperaments by Father, 
Conrad Hawk. He talks about all of these, and this is where I'm, I'm getting uh, most of this mm-hmm. information from. But so it talks about how like the sanguine person is is uh, quick. He has strong reactions, and uh, but fat like faint impressions. It doesn't last very long. So he has a something quick to think about, you know, or he has a quick reaction to it, but it doesn't last very long. It doesn't wear on him. Yeah. Um, uh, the choleric uh, person. Choleric. 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 Yeah. Thank you. It should uh, be choleric, but choleric. <laughs> but here we are. But it's not. So. Uh, they have a strong. They have a strong reaction, but they have it. It lingers on them. Okay. It lasts longer on them. Uh, the the melancholic person has a slow reaction, a weak reaction, but um, it lasts long to them. And then the fl- fl- phlegmatic person is a slow, weak reaction, but but also kind of rolls. Yeah, right and off these are. Them. That is like super summaries, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. People always think me- melancholic means like, oh, you're kind of a sad, like brooding type, and that is uh, often true of melancholic people. But they're also like they just kind of like think more emotionally. I I believe I'm not an expert in this, but um, they're much more reflective. Reflective. That's that's a good word. To, good word to use. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I guess we can go here. So, so uh, Gary Lagrange talks about like the predominant faults of of, of different people, okay, and, and how you know because of the fall that we all have predominant faults that are within our nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says the, the pr- predominant fault is a defect in us that prevails over others. So everybody has kind of a predominant fault that prevails over others that we have to go to war with that we have to tackle in order to grow in holiness. Interesting. In fact, he's, he, he says that uh, we can't grow in holiness unless we are aware of our predominant faults so that we can um, um, cooperate with God's grace in order to to crush those, those yeah, faults. sure. So um, it's very interesting to talk about because... So what do you, th- what, what do you think you are? I, well, I think uh, what, is, what is your temp? Well, what do you think? Let, let's go through them and then and then and then we'll figure okay. it out. Okay. Oh, so you have more detail. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to give it. That was just a it. summary. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So, so a sanguine person, it, the the positives of of, the, of somebody who experiences this is they're very optimistic, mm-hmm. they're very friendly, they're extroverted people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they typically look at pot uh, of a situation as a positive, yeah, uh, optimistic outlook, um, but. The, the the vice that they could possibly come come through with that is vanity, flattery, envy, um, mm-hmm. those type of, of vices. Okay. Uh, so I, I think I used to be, I think sanguine used to be my primary when I was younger. And I think as I've gotten older and then once I've had kids, mm-hmm. I think it's changed. Because I, I used to be more, I think I'm getting like a little bit more cynical. Just as I'm getting older, bit. yeah, I'm getting a little crusty, little, little, just on the edges, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they say that the predominant fault of this is sensual sins. So uh, for sanguine, for sanguine, yeah. So yeah. so like uh, people would struggle with gluttony, would struggle with sexual sins. With I thought you said it was like uh, vanity, flattery, vanity. envy, but the predominant fault that you have to be aware of. Oh, has as it regards to other people, is it, that what you're saying? No, it'd be no, it'd be um, that. Is predominant to you, okay? Um, would be uh, the sensual sin. Okay. Um, I wonder if there's me, a. Sen- I, I wonder if there's a relationship between sanguine people and being like physical touch as your love language. 
Maybe. I have no idea. They say that the sanguine people uh, have virtues. They have a. Um, they're very good with uh, modesty. They're very good. They're very good with uh, or things that they have to work. I'm sorry. Things that they have to work on as virtues would be modesty, chastity, uh, temperance, things things like that. Mm. It, it's something that you'd have to work on as yep. as the virtues. Um, and then uh, one of the one of the guys, I think Father Conrad Hogg says uh, that. He listed each four out of these four. He listed saints of each one, which I thought was kind of cool. Just that, that we can cool. never relate. Yeah. Uh, he says that the sanguine, like saints that who were, who experienced sanguine personalities, were like Saint Augustine, Saint Teresa of Avila, Saint Francis Xavier, Saint Rose of Lima. So I think that that's important to know, just so that way you can uh, you can, you can pray to these saints, right? It's like they understand if if these are the yeah that the is, things that you're struggling that with. That's a great idea. Um, you can say like, hey. Um, St. Augustine, I know that you know where I am right now, and mm-hmm. I need your help. I need your prayers. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, so the the cleric person um, is the, the positive side. He's very uh, reason and idea based. He's very uh, proactive. He's very strong willed, very focused, um, very goal oriented person. Um, but he's also he would he would be a stubborn and impatient person would be the negative. Okay. And the predominant fault would be uh, you know pride, anger, um, feeling like that you were the only you know your way it's your way or the highway mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so my wife says I'm choleric. Uh, to me, I don't really think I'm like a goal oriented. person person you know like the that doesn't sound like what i think i am to me you're very strong-willed no i'm not don't even say that you're very wrong about that and i will i will not budge in in my (laughs) no i'm not uh i am you know and i can definitely be stubborn Mm -hmm. um i do tend to be a logical thinker Mm -hmm. um and so I, I don't think I'm choleric. And then I say that. And then she goes through like, well, remember when you did this? And then like this? And remember like how you did this project? And like blah, blah. And I was like, well, okay, I, I guess. guess I am. But I still think you're wrong. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I have become more choleric as I've gotten older. I've just changed a little bit. I think that's also you should expect. Don't just because you're one thing when you're younger. Or, well, I think you'd, you know, like in ten years, five years, you know, you might you might change. I think you should actually expect to change, I, right? Um, exactly, because as your spirituality grows, mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to be growing in virtue, and so uh, vices that you used to struggle with um, through the grace of God, hopefully, you're no longer struggling with. And right. so, as you're growing in holiness, the things that used to be a struggle to you should no longer be a struggle. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you won't be struggling with other things. Right. I mean, hopefully you adopt the positives of more of these different personality types as you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, you should, be, if you are learning, then you should be slowly getting better at some of these other things that you haven't been good at or Before. You know, haven't been your like forte in the past. To where you end up taking most of these positives and... And sli- ideally, you ideally. would have the positives without the negatives. Yeah. Right. So the cleric person also it needs to grow in humility. He needs to grow in uh, meekness. He needs to grow in kindness. See, that doesn't sound like me because I'm already so humble. Well, you see what I'm saying? You're, you see the problem that I have here? Um, a dilemma. 
It is a dilemma. However, your wife dilemma mucho is 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 one saying she it. is smarter than me. So like, that's also a dilemma. Yeah, saints that were uh, cleric. They said uh, was Jerome, Ignatius, Saint Francis de Sales. Okay. So I I think a lot of guys uh, can experience this because a lot of them are stubborn, are impatient, um, can be angry. Yeah. Um, you know, struggle with pride. So I think that a lot of men, especially in the beginning of your spiritual life, as you're having to try to learn to conquer humility, you know, yeah. you know, grow in humility and conquer your pride, uh, it, it's a tough one. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about the four temperaments. Four temperaments are important to you because you are one or more of these temperaments. One of the things we talk about on the show a lot is about knowing thyself. Know, you must know thyself um, in order to work towards self-mastery. So if you do not know uh, what parts of you that need to be reined in and what parts of you mm-hmm. need to be allowed to flourish. flourish, right, then it will be very, very difficult to know thyself. So this that's what really that's what we're talking about today is how it, how is it to better examine yourself? I think if you know your temperaments, if you know the things that um, you know you have proclivities towards, vices and virtues, mm-hmm. then it makes it easier to examine your conscience. You can kind of Very focus true. focus your examine examination in certain parts. Spend more time thinking about mm-hmm. uh, and reflecting on your behavior when it comes to certain of these areas. So we talked about sanguine and choleric. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is did actually... You, did th- we finish talking about choleric, or did you have something else you wanted to say? Uh, no, I mean, I think I think that okay. was... I mean, but this was actually something... The One of the first things that my spiritual director did with me... Really? Was, ...was go through and make sure that I, one, understood them, yeah. and then asked me, okay, what do you think... Where do you think uh, you lie... Where you lie here, yeah, and it was a it was a good self reflection of after going through them all and understanding mm-hmm. um, the pros and the cons and the vices that you you can deal with with each one of these. And then he said, "What do you think your wife would say?" Which was another good reflection. Um, right. Hopefully, they they're very similar. Well, which one is the best looking? Yeah. I think that's what she <laughs> <Is> would there, <laughs> say. The best, yeah. Probably sanguine. That seems like the best looking. Sanguine people seem better looking, right? At least I mean, optimistic. You right. Very optimistic. Yeah. So. Very vain. So yeah. they probably look good. Uh, th- so the next one, melancholic, it, and that was one that you had said that 
kind of is misunderstood or or at least ha- have has a it's well the word melancholy if you say oh someone's melancholy it means mm. that they're kind of sad you know mm. a little bit of an eeyore no mm. birthday cake no candles right but uh it's actually more they're very like i said reflective they're very sympathetic eeyore is eeyore is melancholic i mean like he is but mm-hmm. sorry i was still on my own train of thought there I realized you were you know, moved like moving the train down the tracks in a different way. Dude, yeah. this is a, a very big moment for the Catholic This Catholic is self-reflective. This, this is, is very me. self-reflective. This is me growing People as a person. People say all the time, I'm trying to move the train down the tracks, and you're still stuck on your, your thought process, and then you... I don't even know why they say that. I mean, really, but so this is I am growing. The growth of the Catholic Man Show before your eyes right now. Boom. Eche homo. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, sympathetic, reflective, but they also have. They say that uh, people who are melancholic are also very pious people. Ah, um, because See, melancholic people can experience great joy. You know that uh, I think that they just have, they feel their emotions very deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when things are sad, I think that they feel the sadness. Well, and that's and the, I think the, that there's a holiness there. Sure, and that's what we said at the very beginning. You know, melancholic, they're, they're slow to have reactions, but the reactions that they tend to have are very long-lasting. Uh-huh. Um, so once you have a reflective tone to you, once you have a reflective nature and you've reflected upon whatever it is uh-huh. that you're, you're reflecting on, it has a lasting impression on you. I think melancholic temperaments also um, have a very strong uh, tendency towards religious life. Yes, probably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, the, some of the negatives, though, is that they surrender easy. They're uh, overly reserved. Um, yeah, and their predominant faults would be that they they can fall into like sorrow, fear. Um, they can. Um, I think that they could probably be very over scrupulous. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, and so they say that the, the the virtues that you need to work on if you were you know melancholic are joy, is fortitude. And, and hope. Totally. Uh, um, saints that, that were very melancholic were St. Uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Teresa uh, of Lisieux. Therese of Lisieux. Did they say Teresa? Yeah. I'm sorry. Therese okay. of, I got you, bro. Therese of Lisieux. Lisieux. Um, very melancholic saints. I don't even understand French, dude. Oh, I don't either. No. No, I don't either. Did you know Juan speaks French? A little bit. It's just weird. Un petit peu. Un petit peu. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Dude, that's what I say. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Why don't you speak a real language? (laughs) Like English. And he's like, I do speak English. It's like, oh, yeah. My bad, dude. I forgot. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the phlegmatic person is is somebody who is very calm. He's uh, discreet. He... um, he has uh he, he demands very little uh he he kind of go along to get along kind of go along to get along yeah uh but he also struggles with pr- procrastination ease and comfort see um, a lot of that sounds like me and unambitious like i used to be i think i used to be man i used to be so easygoing like with people mm-hmm. stuff like yeah it's the bad stuff would happen to be like yeah that's all right man that's cool <laughs> whatever Right, things will be fine. I'm just not like that in as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Uh, so what are you? You didn't tell us what you were. 
Okay, so it's the predominant fault of flag, a phlegmatic person is typically sloth. And so okay. the virtues that they need to be focused on <clears throat> is is the demand of, of, of greater perfection, the virtue of magnanimity, um, uh, being... Um, having fortitude in, in carrying things out that, yeah. that, that you're starting. But they, that, but they do say that, that uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was a phlegmatic person, hmm. which I think is hilarious because the predominant fault of a phlegmatic person would be sloth, and I just don't see... He seems pretty busy. But once again, busy... Well, we, not once again. He doesn't. You, he didn't struggle. It didn't seem are, like he just struggled with procrastination or anything. I, I like agree. That. Slothful people are often very busy people. Mm-hmm. That's those are not the same. So, so what are you? So I think I, I'm I'm sanguine. I, I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic, uh, optimistic pretty person. Good, pretty good looking. Pretty good looking. Yeah. Um, I'm extrovert. I'm pretty friendly. Uh, but I also think that I'm a, a little melancholic at times. Uh-huh. I, I can see that. I'm I'm terrible at deciding what other people are. It's not my gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could I guess I could see you being melancholic. Yeah, I think I'm becoming more and more melancholic as I get older. Uh huh. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. So one thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about because this really impacted my fatherhood is when I Pamela this is all you know she read this book about the temperament of your children. And mm-hmm. about like determining your ch- your child's temperament, mm-hmm. and it totally changed the way I parented. Um, when I realized that uh, Elizabeth, my oldest, she's melancholic. Okay, so she is definitely melancholic. Mm-hmm. So when she gets when she gets down, like it changed the way I disciplined a little bit because um, she read a book. It was about understanding the temperaments of your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I, I, that wasn't. That's pretty close to what the real title was, but I don't think that was it exactly. Anyway, like that was a big deal in our house when we started doing that and realizing, okay, it helped me understand this child has needs that this other child doesn't. Mm -hmm. And if I discipline, if I treat them, you know, like exactly the same, that that's why it might work better for some kids than others. And so, like. That for me was a kind of a game changer, and it's like, okay, that's why she needs this. It's not that I'm letting her get away with more. You know, it's like, no, she just has different needs. Yeah, that's something that I, because I always thought when I was when I first started playing the parenting game, right, it's like, no, no, uh, okay, if I you would just discipline, discipline like, them, just they discipline would be them. better kids, right? right? Yeah. You just don't know how to discipline, right? Your discipline is so bad. Is pathetic yeah and i'm judging you for it i'm definitely judging you all right these are my judging pants right and i'm wearing them no i agree i but but that makes sense right if if we are trying to uh cultivate virtue within our kids we need to know how they uh, you know exactly their temperaments right so that way we can help them flourish in the virtuous life what a gift to your kids if if you know hey these are the temperaments these are the virtues that these temperaments lend themselves to towards and these are the vices that they lend themselves towards now you can be on the lookout for those vices mm-hmm. in those specific children mm-hmm. and what a gift if you can steer them away from those vices early on in the behaviors when they're ch- small young when it's easy to make easier mm-hmm. for them to adopt new habits mm-hmm. um like that is an incredible gift you as a parent as a father 
mm-hmm. can give to your kids um, that, I mean, if you could give them the habit now that would prevent them from ever developing a vice, that is, you're starting them, it's like giving them a huge heads up or a he, uh, head start mm-hmm. in the spiritual life, right. as, as well as just being a, a well-formed person. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I'm also a little bit like, you know, I, I have a tendency to be choleric in the, insofar as like I, I typically have a very quick reaction. I definitely think you're choleric. Um, and if I if I disagree with how you interpret or like whatever that stance is and you disagree back at, with me and I don't feel like that that's a logical disagreement, uh-huh. then it, it wears on me. To me, I think you're more choleric than sanguine. Really? I mean, it, I, I think, second that. I think you're more oh, goal you go. goal oriented and uh, like I am very like goal oriented. You yeah. know, check box. I got you know. I made a list. I got things done. Mm-hmm. I am. To me, that's what you are more than sanguine. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Just I want to throw this in at the end. Jesus was the perfect balance of all four. Absolutely. You know, and so like. That's that is perfection. It's not like one temperament is better than the other. Uh, all of the temperaments are good. Mm-hmm. They all have. But he he obviously had their strengths without their weaknesses. It's an important thing to know about yourself, so that we can strive for holiness in an effective, efficient way. Right. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Yeah, the only reason why I don't say that I'm like choleric is I typically am not an angry person. Well, and so like a predominant default of being choleric is like an angry person. Yeah, but just because you don't have that one thing. Right. And I I am a pretty friendly person. So that's why I also go saying what like most people um, would call me a friendly person. I think... See, I think I don't. When I read like the positives mm-hmm. of those things, I I definitely think oh, or like even even some of the negatives. I identify a lot with the phlegmatic. Uh, yes, you're yes. very calm, very even killed. Yeah, and I do. I like sloth. That's a that is definitely something I struggle with. Choosing to do the less important task over the more important task. You know, like that is a daily grind for me. Like there's something that's important that I need to get done mm-hmm. that I don't want to do. And it's like, oh, it's easy for me to find less important things that are also like not, you know, it's not like I'm uh, shooting back, shooting hoops outside, you know, like I'm doing real things, sure, you know, that need to be done, but they're not as important. And I'm not doing them in the, in what should be the proper order. Like if Christ was the one sitting at my desk doing things or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, in the kitchen, whatever it is I'm doing. He would not be doing the things in the order that I'm doing them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I definitely identify a lot with the phlegmatic positives and negatives. Um, I can, but I see a lot of sanguine in my past. I've, I I'm just less sanguine now. I've become less and less extroverted. I would, I was always an extroverted person. Like, uh-huh. I, I fed on being out and about with other people, seeing other people going out to parties doing you know just being around other people yeah as i've gotten older and older i have i have noticed a 
a much deeper desire uh, to be introverted for solid like your, for solitude. solitude yeah um even that's interesting even even like you know while i was sick you know my family went away for a little bit and for several days right and i used to like kind of get anxious whenever i was by myself uh-huh. and uh, i i just don't anymore I, I i really yeah that's interesting that you say that i think i think i could say the same thing about myself I still am definitely extroverted. I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah, me too. But I have, but some of the tendencies of being. I'm okay. I'm totally okay being by myself. In fact, sometimes I desire to be. Uh, there have been. Uh, I've get. I'm getting more to the point where I actually desire to uh, have the quiet, the solitude. I think that's also another reason why, like, I've enjoyed hunting and picking up hunting and things like that. Because I like, I enjoy just being by myself a yeah. lot more than what I used to. I don't uh, see. A, I'm definitely an extrovert. I don't need introverts. They need that alone time, mm-hmm. you know, to recharge. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. I just don't. need No, it. I don't. I enjoy it. Um, uh-huh. I don't need it. For me, it's kind of like ooh, a fun change of pace. Mm-hmm. But it used to bother me. It used to be like, Ugh, mm-hmm. there's nobody here. What am mm-hmm. I supposed to do? Yeah. So in case you were pondering and you don't know what type of what your temperance. I want to recommend temperament. Temperament. your temperament. Yeah. Thank you. Alex Havard with the Virtus Leadership Institute has an online quiz that is very well developed. Oh, we nice. saw him at the uh, men's conference in Phoenix two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's the Russian dude. That's what Juan was telling me earlier. Okay. What, before so you were here. If you find this test online, he makes a pretty good job at there's a lot of stuff. You. There's a lot of actually a lot of stuff out there about temperaments, and you know, there's even there's different tests. There's different ways of breaking down personalities. Like I forget what it's called, but it's like the IJH something. Oh yeah, you know, remember? That's, it, yeah. that's the Meyer Briggs. Meyer Briggs. Meyer Briggs. Yeah. yeah, I've done that before. To me, that I didn't get as much out of it. I think because it was more complicated. Like, uh, like oh, I'm a, you know, there's four letters that don't mean very much to me. Mm-hmm. Breaking it down into like sanguine, choleric, you know, phlegmatic, melancholic, melancholic to me, it's like, okay, I think those are good dividing lines where I don't have to, I don't know, the the Myers-Briggs was maybe too specific. I think Myers-Briggs is probably good, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, showing about your personality, but it was too complicated for me. It was just like, this is... A lot of work. I'm not even sure if I answered the questions the right way. You know what I mean? Like, how phlegmatic of you? Right. Well, it's like, Adam, what's more important to you, loyalty or honesty? It's like, I don't know. I like both of them. And I would be pissed about either one if, like, someone wasn't loyal and they lied to me. Like, or, but one of, I don't know. Like, I don't want them to be the lack of either, you know? But you have to answer the question. And so then you do, you just like pick one. And then at the end, you get a result and you realize, well, I picked honesty instead of loyalty. And that gave one more for this column, which is what made me this letter. And maybe that's not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And so I, like, didn't, I, didn't, I, I went through this whole, that, this whole little test um, with Haley and a couple of her friends who were over. And they were, they were like, oh, you got to take it, you got to take it. And I took it. And as I was going through it, I was like, this is, this, 
These are terrible questions. They're actually terrible questions. This is a false dichotomy. Yeah. And, and if you say that, it's like, you're choleric. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, you just got to answer the question. It's like, I can't answer the question when it's a bad question. You're asking at, at me the end of it says to like, ask a If you answer, struggle to answer this question, you're choleric. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if you struggle like, to answer this it's test. It's because you're a seven. It's because you're a seven. That's why you think this way. Right. It's exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't even know what a seven is. Is seven good? It's a perfect number. I think it's okay. I probably am a seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I brought him a three and a, a seven. seven. Yeah. Both. Both of them. Because I'm so. But yeah, and perfect. they were all laughing at me as I was going through it because I was I was struggling because kind of like what you were saying, like is loyalty or honesty more important? You're like, well, Which this you is value stupid. More? This is this is that's a dumb question. You know what I value? Not uh, answering these kinds yeah. of stupid questions. Yeah. Not wasting my time with bad questions. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah, so I, but I do think that it's important to, I, I, I think this like, is Like, I actually, don't even know what it means, like, to be loyal, like, what do you value, loyalties? Like, to myself, like, I'm not a king, I... Loyal to Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't, I'm not sure that people are loyal to me. Do I have loyalty? Like, is people loyal? Yeah, like, I don't even know what that means. They're your friends. Yeah, they're, like, but how are they loyal? They're loyal by being honest, you know what I mean? Like, these are the same thing. Dude, you're such a six. I'm totally, I'm totally like a six point two. Yeah, classic six point two. Classic six point two. The typical, other typical six point two. Yeah, typical six point two. Typical. Yeah. So another thing that's kind of like this I mentioned is the love languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will just tell you, men, you need to know your wife's love language. This is a this is like mission critical. Okay, if you know her love language. You can keep her happy so easy, right? You just got to really hope and pray that her love language isn't uh, quality time because that takes a long time, <laughs> okay? Like, you just like, if it's acts of service or gifts, gift, gift giving. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Oh, easy peasy. Babe, you look so great today. I think mm-hmm. you're the best. She just like she's all of a sudden she's glowing, mm-hmm. right? Or even physical touch. I think every man hopes his wife's love language is physical touch, <laughs> right? But you have to know what it is. Like if it's uh, like acts of service, you just got to know. Empty the dishwasher and you got the happiest wife in the world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Like the, the temperaments, this is kind of like a thing that can change the game. Like I mentioned how it did for me parenting. Knowing your knowing your own love language is good, but it's more important to know your wife's love language. Mm-hmm. That way, if you forget yourself, right? It's like who cares, right? <laughs> My love language is a happy wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's look it up. There's five love languages. Uh, it's also it's not complicated. We could do an episode on that probably. We could do an Adam. We could do an episode on anything. It's your show. It's our show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else? I don't think I have anything else. All right. Which of the love la- or of the uh, temperaments goes to heaven the most? Uh, I don't know. Because I'll totally change everything about me. <laughs> I'm, willing to, I'm willing to scrap everything about myself. I'm a brooder now. I brood. I, I don't know. I have to think about stuff. Clenching my teeth for long times. I, I don't know. I hold grudges. Those right. people go to heaven. 
I'm ending this episode. <laughs> uh.